she's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. This is episode seven. I know I always say this, but I just wanted to say thank you again to everyone who has contacted me, left me messages on Ravelry, left comments on the blog. Thank you so much. I really appreciate them, and I always look forward to hearing from all of you. It's been so nice meeting all of the listeners of this podcast. Thanks. So over the last two weeks, I really have gotten a lot done. I accomplished my knitting goals that I set for myself from the last episode. I finished my pair of evening stockings and they turned out really good. I haven't blocked them yet and I'm not really sure how I'm going to block them because I just have the regular short sock blockers that you use for normal socks, not for knee socks. So I guess I'm just going to have to wet them and let them dry flat on a towel. But I really like using the sock blockers. I have the Fiber Trends ones. Um, they work really well and they make your socks look really nice, especially for photos. But anyways, so I still need to wet block those socks, but besides the blocking, they are finished and they worked out really well. They are very lacy and elegant looking and I am so pleased with that yarn that I chose. The Panda Silk is really really nice. It has great stitch definition while still maintaining a soft texture and I will definitely be using it again. Unfortunately I have most of a ball left and so I don't really know what I'm going to be doing with that so that's kind of a bummer. I hate having yarn left over from projects. I wish that the project would just use up all of the yarn because I always feel bad throwing away the excess and if it's just a little bit and if it's like most of a ball I feel like I have to make something with it and I never know what to make with it so I have like a whole drawer chest full of balls of yarn that are just missing maybe 20 yards or less so that's kind of irritating I gotta make myself a big scrap blanket or something I also like it when the project uses one ball less than you think it's going to use then you can then exchange that yarn for something else That happened with my cap sleeve top, so that was kind of fun. So the stockings are finished, and also last week I said that I wanted to set a goal for myself to finish the back of my dad's sweater, which I did, so now that's done. It's huge! I can't believe how much ribbing I've done. So now I just started the front, and it'll be interesting to see how this pocket on the front is constructed. When I first made the pocket lining, I felt like there was just no way it was going to work out. But I talked to a lady on Ravelry who has made the sweater and she assured me that the pattern is correct. So it'll be interesting to see how that whole pocket thing comes together. I feel so empowered right now because I only have one project that I'm working on. It's kind of a nice freeing feeling knowing that you just have one project on the needles. The next thing I'm going to cast on for are some really cute hats for my daughter. They're out of the book by Debbie Bliss, Baby Cashmerino 3, and they're these really cute striped berets 
made out of different colors of Debbie Bliss's Baby Cash Merino yarn. I'll be putting a link to the pattern in the show notes. So I bought a few colors of Baby Cash Merino and I'm planning on using up some scraps I have left over from other projects and I think those hats will turn out really cute. I ended up with a ton of Baby Cash Merino scraps after making the Leg Warmies pattern for my daughter last year, so I have lots of colors available. So that'll be a fun, quick project, and my daughter really needs some new hats as we go into the cooler months here. Besides finishing some knitting projects, there was also a knitted item that I was able to repurpose over the last week. And many of you probably already know about this, I posted pictures on Ravelry, and of course I did a blog post about it, and I hate to double up with the blog post and the podcast, but I know that there are people out there who just read the blog and don't listen to the podcast, and those who just listen to the podcast and don't read the blog. So I kind of try not to double up on my information too much, but mention what I want to talk about on both. So the item that I was able to repurpose was this baby shrug that I made for my daughter over a year ago. It's called a shrug, but there's no way by looking at it that you would know it's a shrug. And a shrug most commonly refers to a short sweater, kind of like a cardigan style sweater that's just the sleeves but it's like really short, like it just covers maybe your rib cage or less. So I chose this pattern for my daughter out of the book Simply Baby because I thought it looked like a really fast knit, something that I could make really quickly that she could wear right away. I should have known that something was wrong when I bought the yarn for the pattern though because it called for four skeins of Debbie Bliss's Cash Merino Erin yarn. And I was also shopping for another shrug pattern for myself at that time, the Retro Redux shrug that I ended up making this year. And I chose Debbie Bliss's Cashmerino Erin for that one too. And guess how much I needed to make my shrug? Four skeins. So here I was shopping for the same amount of yarn for a shrug for myself and also for my then 18-month-old daughter. A flag should have gone up here, but... Unfortunately, it didn't. So I left with my eight skeins of yarn. Looking back, this is extra funny because when I ended up making the Retro Redux shrug, I modified the pattern to make the sleeves even longer than the pattern called for, and I still didn't use an entire four skeins. I still have most of the fourth skein remaining in my mostly full skein chest of drawers collection. So when I started knitting this shrug, it was looking rather humongous, but I just kept knitting it, trusting that this pattern had to work out right. You kind of knit it in an odd shape and then it sort of folds together to become a shrug. So it wasn't super easy to figure out exactly how big it was going to be and so forth. So as I was making it, I kind of thought something might be weird with the pattern, but I just kept knitting stupidly. And when I finished it, I only had, I don't know, five inches of yarn left. I used almost the entire four skeins. And I seamed it up, blocked it, which only made the problem worse. And the problem with the shrug was that it was gargantuan. When I put it on my daughter, 
not only was it so unshrug-like because it came down to her waist, but the arms were super duper long. I had to roll them up like four or five times and it just looked like this huge oversized sweater and it kept falling off her shoulders. That sweater is too big. And this shrug was supposed to be kind of like a tightly fitting little bolero style sweater. It looked really cute on the baby in the picture, but on my daughter, it was ridiculous. So to compensate for this, I sewed a silk ribbon on each of the two fronts and kind of tightly tied them together in a bow, and that kept the sweater at least on her. And looking back, I don't really know why I even had her wear the sweater, but I think at the time I was just so disappointed that this thing didn't turn out that I just wanted it to work. I wanted to just put it on her and pretend like everything was okay with it. I just kept reassuring myself, she'll grow into it. It's a good thing that it's big because she'll wear it for many years and it'll probably fit by next year. Well, as we know, it's now next year and the shrug is still huge. It's like she didn't grow at all or something. It looks just as huge as it always has. So I tried to put it on her again, but that silk ribbon didn't hold up very well and it's just gotten really tattered over time with wash and wear. So I knew I needed to replace it. So I cut the ribbon out and as I'm looking at it without that big ribbon in the front, I thought, hey, this thing is kind of cute. So I tried it on and it actually fits me way better than it fits my daughter. So I went shopping at the Scarlet's Gain where I work and got this really cute vintage button that matches it perfectly. And I found some yarn in my stash that happened to be just the perfect color. And I made a little crochet chain loop closure and then sewed the button on one side and then put the loop on the other. So it closes the sweater together and the button and loop kind of make the sweater look more adult. And hey, it works and it looks really good. And I was able to wear it out the other night and everyone just said, oh, what a cute sweater. Nobody knew that I was actually wearing an 18 month old size, supposedly. So I'm now sharing this sweater with my two year old and it's kind of funny. It's funny because when I was putting it on, my daughter was saying, it's my sweater. Mommy, that's mine. I really like having this sweater though because I, feel so good that I was able to repurpose something that was just not going to be used. I could put my daughter in it, but it just didn't look right. And because at this point, I really want people to see a nice knitted item from myself. I don't really want to wear something that maybe I made a long time ago that's not very nice or doesn't reflect my knitting knowledge now. I don't know if I would be putting my daughter in that sweater regularly anyways because I wouldn't want people to say, oh, look at that. Alana teaches knitting classes and she can't even make her daughter a sweater that fits. So I was so glad that it can be put to good use. And also, I feel like I just have this new hand-knit sweater and since I knit it so long ago, I don't even remember working on it. So it kind of feels like I got a sweater for nothing. 
So those are the things I've kind of accomplished with my projects this week. But the past two weeks have also been a time of personal reflection. You see, there's people that I know who I've mentioned problems involving yarn stash. There are actually people out there that have tons and tons of yarn. I mean, I feel sorry for them. I can't relate at all, of course, um, but I really think that there are people out there that should really get some help. Yeah, well, I obviously can't keep this charade up forever. I wish that I could say that I don't have a problem, but I, this week, have realized that I have a major, major, major yarn problem on my hands. Over the past few weeks, I decided to do something very scary. Very scary. Something that I have put off doing for years now. I decided to go through and organize my yarn. I was inspired by a friend of mine who recently organized all of her yarn into Ziploc bags. She got those big supersized Ziploc bags and organized all of her yarn by projects. And she would copy the pattern from her books and then put the pattern with the yarn in each individual bag. And I've heard of people doing this on Ravelry and on podcasts and stuff too. So she did it and she was mentioning how good she felt that it was all organized. So I figured I really need to do that too. Because the way I was storing my yarn before was really crazy. I have these huge Tupperware bins and I'd just throw it all in there. And then every time I would um, go through it to try to find a yarn from my stash, which let me tell you, isn't that often. All the yarn would get tangled and come loose and be really messy. It just wasn't working out very good. So I knew that some organization needed to take place and I knew that it would make me feel more uncluttered to have it all organized. So I went to the store, got my Ziploc bags, came home and started dumping out my yarn one huge Tupperware bin at a time. What I found in there was appalling. I couldn't believe how much yarn I have accumulated over the years. It is unreal. There was yarn that I don't even remember. It was crazy. I started realizing how crazy this was that I have so much. I don't know how it happened. I didn't used to have that much yarn at all. I think that my problem with yarn started when I started working at the yarn shop. Being around all that yarn all the time is just too much for the average knitter and I just can't help myself and also it's not like I have piles of money laying around or anything I've also gotten all of this yarn on sale because the owner frequently has 50 to 75 percent off sales which I can't seem to resist or also I trade for a lot of yarn so I'm able to get yarn that way So the pile just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And to top it all off, the owner had another huge 50% off sidewalk sale over this past weekend, and I got even more yarn. 
what is wrong with me? I guess I got more yarn this past weekend because it just felt like, well, I already have 700 balls of yarn. What's another 30 balls? It just doesn't even feel real because I have so much. I'm just so far gone in the yarn department that it doesn't even register. I am numb to yarn buying. So it was probably a good thing that I forced myself to look at the stash in its entirety because maybe it will help me in the future to avoid yarn purchasing. I don't think I'm ready to commit to any sort of yarn diet plan right now, but I know that it's something that needs to happen. It's kind of like when you have a weight problem and you know that you need to go on a diet, but you're not quite ready to make the commitment yet. That's kind of how I feel right now. I know I have a problem, I need to get help, but I just don't want help, I'm just having too much fun. So what I ended up doing is bagging up all the yarn, pairing up yarns that I knew that would go together for certain projects that I have in mind and have in my queue on Ravelry. And I also bagged up all of the same type of yarn in one color together so that even if I don't have the perfect sweater in mind for it, I know that this is all of my white yarn all together so I know it's ready for that perfect sweater and I know how many yards I have and so forth. I really need to take pictures and be posting these on Ravelry under my stash and really really be organized but I think I've taken the first step. So needless to say I used several boxes of Ziploc bags and I just couldn't believe how many projects worth of yarn I ended up having. I think in a previous podcast I estimated that I had like 20 projects worth of yarn. Yeah, I wish I had 20 projects worth of yarn. And when I am counting projects worth, I'm not counting my single skein collection or my mostly a full skein collection or the ginormous bag of feltable Cascade 220 and Lamb's Pride wool that I have either. I'm just talking about yarn for projects that I have in mind, or like say a sweater's worth of yarn for a potential sweater project, even though I'm not sure exactly which sweater yet. So just for the fun of it, I decided to get you guys involved. I'm proposing another drawing. All you have to do is guess how insanely crazy I am by guessing how many projects worth of yarn I have in my closet. The two listeners that get the number correct or are the closest, I have a couple of prizes to give out. My well-meaning husband went to a bookstore recently to pick something up and thought that he would pick me up the latest knitting magazines. It was such a nice gesture, but unfortunately, I already have one of the magazines, and the other one I is not really my style and I can't use. So I figured that would be perfect for a podcast giveaway. So I have the fall issue of Vogue and also the fall issue of Knitter's Magazine. So if you'd like to enter the drawing, I'm treating it like all my other drawings. Just go to my blog at nevernotknitting.com and leave a comment under the show notes for episode 7 and also please include whether you would prefer to win Vogue or Knitter's Magazine 
if you win the drawing. It'll be funny to see what you guys guess as far as my yarn stash goes. I don't know why I have all this yarn. It's just terrible. Also, I'm going to be posting up a poll on my blog over the next couple of weeks, which you can participate in if you'd like. And it's basically just to find out about your stashes. How much yarn do you have? I guess I'm posting this poll just to make myself feel better. <laughs> Hopefully, anyways. And I just think it'll be fun to find out. So be sure to go to my blog to participate in the poll and also leave a comment so you get entered in the drawing to win either of these two magazines. Well, over the past few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about knitting needles, which made me want to bring on the product reviews. I work in a yarn shop, and one of the most common questions that I receive is, what knitting needles should I use? I think newer knitters are perplexed by our wall of different types of needles and just can't figure out which to choose for their projects. Although this is a matter of personal preference, I definitely think that certain needles are better suited for certain types of projects, and that some brands are just plain better than others. So I just thought that I'd share my needle experiences with the listeners of this podcast. In the beginning, when I first started knitting, I had no idea what type of needles to get either. If you remember from the first episode, I picked up a set of five aluminum size 6 DPNs for my first knitting attempt. So obviously, I really didn't know what to choose. I thought that I was getting a better deal by getting five needles rather than two. But if you're a beginner, what I always recommend for the people that I'm teaching how to knit for the first time or someone in the beginning who is just making scarves or something square and is not very comfortable with their knitting, I really like to get people started out on straight needles. It seems like, in my experience, that it's just one less thing for them to have to think about. They don't have to think about that wire and which way to turn. Say if they're in the middle of a row, I find that people get confused as to which way am I knitting. It seems more complicated on circular needles for some reason. So I always start people off on straights. Now, after my double pointed needle experience at first, I went on to use actual straight needles. But I was using the long needles, the long aluminum needles by Susan Bates. And those were extremely fun for me as a beginner to use. They were heavy and really noisy, and the stitches would just slide off so easily, especially for someone with untrained fingers. So I like bamboo straight needles. The shop where I work carries Crystal Palace's bamboo straight needles, and we have a longer version and a shorter version. And for everyone that comes into the Learn to Knit class, I always get the size 11 or 13 shorter version of these needles and I pair that with a nice bulky wool and I think that those are the perfect materials for someone who is just getting started or who needs to practice and on a side note I always go with lamb's pride bulky wool because it is a single ply and I find that it's harder to split instead of getting a bulky yarn with a bunch of different plies to it. It seems like that needle can separate those 
little tiny plies of yarn so easily and it makes it harder for a beginner. So I find that that wool paired with the bamboo needles works wonders. So for beginners, I recommend bamboo straights. Now, what about somebody who likes straight needles but is not a beginner? You might want to move on to the metal. I think that metal definitely has its place in knitting, especially for someone who doesn't like the drag of the wood needles. It's funny because my husband bought me a pair of beautiful rosewood needles at the shop with these fancy carved ends, and they're just gorgeous. They're really dark wood, and when I got them, I was so excited, and I knit with them for quite a while I made a few baby sweaters on these straight needles and I was just so happy to be working with them but now if I try to work with them I I can't stand it they drag so much for me now that I'm constantly having to push my fabric along on the needle and it gets really really annoying and I find that it drags so much that my stitches are even uneven and tight and I hate them so Early on in my knitting career, that type of needle was ideal, but now that I'm a faster, more confident knitter, definitely I would seek out some metal needles. But frankly, straight needles are really not my thing anymore. I knit nearly everything on circular needles. We have a few different types of circular needles at the shop. The first brand that was in the shop way back when the shop first opened was just the Crystal Palace bamboo circulars. For someone lacking experience in circular knitting, at the time I didn't have a problem with these needles. I did notice some unusual characteristics about them, like the fact that they squeak when you knit, and that the cord connecting the two needles is extremely curly and kinky when you first take it out of the package, but I just kind of thought that all circular needles were that way, so I didn't think much of it. Then I discovered Addy Turbo needles. What a difference. Those needles, I think, are the best needles on the market. I've used a few different types of brands, but out of all of them, those are definitely my favorites. And like I said earlier, this is all just a personal preference. Here's the reason why I like Addy Turbo needles. First off, they're a brass-tipped, nickel-plated needle, so they are extremely slippery which I really, really enjoy. Your knitting just slides along effortlessly, and even on the package of the Addy Turbo needles, they advertise that you can knit faster and quieter. I think a lot of people are concerned about metal needles because other types of metal needles can be really heavy and noisy, but these are quiet and extremely lightweight and just very high quality. So I first recommend Addy Turbos for someone who is an intermediate to advanced knitter. If you have just started knitting and say you want to make your first hat and you need a round circular needle, then I direct people to the Addy Natura needles. They are just like the Turbos, they have a really nice cord, they're very smooth. The only difference is that they are made with bamboo instead of metal. So they're perfect for somebody who needs a little bit more drag on their needle. Bamboo is also very nice even if you are more of an advanced knitter. If say you're working with a synthetic yarn that just slides all over the place. Sometimes you want it to grab the needle just a little bit. 
it offers more control under those circumstances. Okay, so I just love those two brands of Addy Circular Needles. There is one needle made by that company that I do not like. It's the Addy Lace Circular Needle. This is also a metal circular needle. The cord is great, the joins are fine, but they are made out of a brass, a brass that's not nickel plated. It's just supposed to have a clear coat on it. And I really, 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 really do not like them. My first experience with these needles was just fine. I used them for the first time when I made my first lace shawl, my swallowtail shawl that you can find on my Ravelry page. I chose these needles because they were specifically designed for lace because they have a nice pointy tip. And from what I've heard, the brass needles are not quite as slippery as the nickel plated needles. And I thought that that would be perfect for my first lace project where I needed a little bit more traction without having to go to the bamboo needles. So I knit my shawl. I thought that the needles worked just fine. I was totally happy with my Addy Lace needle experience. I didn't notice a problem until I got them out again to make something else. This time, as I'm knitting away, I'm realizing that they feel kind of weird, almost sticky in a way in my hand, kind of like a kind of gummy or something but it, it was very slight. It wasn't very noticeable. So I just kind of thought it was my imagination and ignored it. And as I was knitting, I kept smelling metal, kind of like the smell if you were to say, put pennies in a blender type of smell. Like, you know, when you collect coins in a jar and then you dump them out on the carpet to, to say, find some quarters or something, that smell, the way that the jar smells, that gross, metally smell. Well, I was noticing that these needles were smelling just like that. And then, after a while, I realized my knitting was starting to smell like this metal. And it was kind of grossing me out. As I was knitting, I was feeling kind of nauseated because I kept smelling this metal. So I decided to wash my needles. I just washed them with some dishwashing soap under hot water and really wiped them really good with a clean cloth. But still that metal was just taking over. I don't know what happened. So it got to the point where I couldn't stand it anymore and moved my project over on some Addy Turbos. Thank goodness the metal smell was gone. A few weeks or months later, I mentioned the metal smell problem to a friend who said that her Addy lace needles smelled like metal too. And then after that, a friend who was working with them noticed that there was a weird reaction between her needles and the hand lotion she was using, and her fingers were starting to turn black, and there was also black marks on her white sock that she was knitting. So I don't know if it's the brass or what's going on with those, but I wasn't really super happy with my experience with these needles. I love the concept of them. I like how the metal is not as slippery, which would be perfect for lace, and the point on them is perfect, but I don't think that I'm going to ever use them again because of the weird metal stench. 
But of course, I do need to mention that there are plenty of knitters out there who have used these needles and like them and have never had a problem. But this is just my personal experience and also what I've observed. I think if I was to look for a nice pointy tipped needle for lace in the future, I would definitely consider Knitpix needles. I don't own any myself, but I've worked with a lot of them when I'm helping people with projects at the shop, and they seem like a really nice needle. I like the options needles, and I also like the new Harmony needles. The tip on them is great, and I think that they're very good quality for the price that you can get them at. So I definitely will consider those in the future if I want something with a pointier tip than the Addi Turbo needles. Now that I've discovered Addi Turbo and Addi Natras, there's no way I can go back to my first circular needles that I started using, the Crystal Palace Bamboo needles. When I've tried to go back and use those again, I just can't believe the difference in quality. Those needles, although much more inexpensive, are frankly just terrible. The join between the needle and the wire that connects the two needles is not so great. It's kind of like there's a little ball on the plastic cord and, and it can snag your yarn every time your yarn passes over that part, which is extremely annoying. And also, I've had the experience and seen some other customers have had the experience where the needle actually comes off from the wire. And I guess the only way to fix this is that you have to super glue it back together. And a customer shared with me that there was this terrible super glue incident where she got super glue all over her hand and then the knitting got super glued to the needle and it was really, really ugly. So I think that that's a shame that you would actually have to super glue your needle back together. It was funny because one time I was teaching a class and the lady needed a circular needle for her project. And I tried to convince her to use the Addi Turbo or Addi Natura needles, but I think she was a little uncertain about spending that much money, especially on maybe a project that she wasn't sure she was going to finish or so forth. So she went ahead and got the Crystal Palace circular needles, which are remarkably cheaper. And in the short time that she was using it, I would say maybe five to 10 minutes, that needle slipped out and off of the wire two times. Yeah, not a super great product. It is inexpensive, but I think that Knitpix needles are such a higher quality product, and Knitpix needles are probably even less expensive than the Crystal Palace needles. So if you're looking for a good deal, I would definitely check out Knitpix. But I really don't think that anything can compare to Addy's needles. I think they make a really, really good product. And I know that I'm going to be able to enjoy my Addy Turbo needles for a really, really long time. This episode, I have another knitting story to share with you. This one was sent in by a podcast listener, Eileen Duffy from the Virgin Islands. I'd like to present the story of the $17,698 sweater. First, let me state, it's all my mother's fault. Come on, all of you mothers know it's true. It's always our fault. 
The first reason it's her fault is because she taught me how to knit. Although most of the time, I really love her for that. So here's what happened. It's a long story, and I'm known for being verbose. Do you need to go and get some tea now, or perhaps a cocktail? It started because my darling daughter had a roommate from college who was pregnant with twins. She always makes her college chums Afghans for their new babies, usually finishing them just in the nick of time before the babies are born. I really like her college friends, and so I volunteered to make one of the Afghans, since she now needed two, if she would choose the pattern and the yarn. She hates what she calls namby-pamby baby colors, and so she chose bright primary colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. This particular yarn line also came with a variegated color that incorporated all of the bright primary colors, and she bought that to use in between the solids. She bought a lot of the variegated, and we hated the way it looked. It sort of bled into the solids, so the end result looked all mottled. So we abandoned the variegated and just used the solids, and the afghans turned out great. Later, I decided to use up some of the variegated by making a sweater for the one-year-old daughter of one of my office staff. I chose an adorable easy pattern by knitting pure and simple. It's a neck-down sweater that has a rolled collar, cuffs, and bottom. I used one of the solids for the collar and the variegated for the body. It did some pooling, but I thought it looked good, and sweet Madeline looked adorable in it. It was so cute that I made another sweater from the yarn and then a poncho for the sister of the twins, and I still had some of this variegated left. I was totally sick of the yarn by then, but not of the sweater pattern, which I found was also available in an adult version. Now we get to the meat of the story. Since I live nine months of the year in the U.S. Virgin Islands, I have to shop for yarn when on holiday. My favorite yarn shop in Montana near our summer cabin had closed, but two of the friends I had made there let me shop from their stashes last summer. What fun, and what a relief! My stash is minuscule compared to just the part of their stashes that they were willing to part with. I bought some wonderful green Elspeth Levold silky tweed, and knew it needed to become one of the knitting pure and simple sweaters for me. I swatched it, and really, I thought it was too thin. So then I started on the epic of finding another wool to pair with it. I tried yarns from three local yarn shops while traveling, and bought three skeins online. The months of pairing left me with a swatch the length of a scarf, but I finally decided that a green Barocco pure merino heather worked best. I started the sweater. It worked up beautifully and quickly, and I loved it. It's a top-down sweater, and the pattern was just a little boxy, so I did some side shaping with decreases, and they looked great. But a nagging little voice kept suggesting that it looked just a little big. So one night, while I was knitting in bed, I jumped up and tried it on over my nightgown. And the waist was perfect, but the bust looked big. No problem, Mon, I said. It'll look much better with a bra, and I'll be wearing a turtleneck under it, too. Now, if the truth be told, I'm rather under-endowed in the bust area, and over-endowed in the thighs. If it were not for the fact that I'm tall, and I work at having nice square shoulders with a trainer I call the vicious pixie, I'd be totally pear-shaped. I remember my mother saying to me once in the 70s when I was going braless a lot, You'd look much better with a bra on. It would give you some bosom. Mothers always know the buttons to push. But I did start wearing a bra again. Of course, this lack of a bosom is really all her fault, too. I'm adopted. If I were her biological daughter, I'd have a really nice bust line, great legs, and straight hair. 
Now, why I didn't try the sweater on again with a bra and shirt before I had finished the entire body and one sleeve is anyone's guess. Perhaps I was waiting for the boob fairy, but I didn't try it on. She didn't pay me a visit, and it definitely does not fit. There is a lot of room in the underarm area, both in the sleeve and in the body of the sweater. And it's a beautiful green, and it looks great with my graying red hair and complexion. And I have at least $198 worth of yarn purchased for this, and I think I'm going to use almost all of it, except for the six skeins in the swatch that really don't work. And did I mention, the knitting's pretty good, too. It's one of my best efforts. And it was for me. Razzle frazzle. Alana has this rather clean-cut podcast. More or less G-rated going on here, so I'll just say razzle frazzle. After several weeks of trying it on again and again, trying to see if there was any way to avoid frogging it all the way back to the very first few inches, I decided it would be perfect for my wonderful daughter. So on a visit to her, I took it. She mercifully has the bosom of her paternal grandmother, and her great legs, too. She did, however, get my curly hair. Guess what? It's too big for her, too. Too much material under the arms. And quite frankly, the color's not perfect for her, either. Okay, there's my friend Barb. She has red hair and a beautiful figure with a nice bosom. I love Barb, and she could have the sweater, and I'd only be slightly wistful about it. Guess what? It's too big on Barb, too. Double razzle-frazzle. So I took it to Alana, who is the best knitter I know. By now, I'm starting to think that frogging may be the only answer, but I'm hoping for a miracle. There's really too much money in this sweater, and I'm really too frugal not to frog it, although I might need a substantial dose of alcohol or Xanax to do it. Alana says sweetly, wear it as it is, as an oversized sweater, or frog it. She does add that I did a good job on the knitting, but I can't remember if that made me feel better or worse. So I put it away for a few months. And during that time, I came up with the answer, the totally inspired solution. Breast augmentation. If I bought a set of size double D's or triple E's, this sweater would look great. Forty-some years after I was supposed to grow a decent set of my own, I'll just buy some. And while I'm at it, I might as well lipo the thighs, have the eyes lifted, and pump up the facial wrinkles with some Restylane. I've looked this up on the web. It seems that only about $17,500 should cover all of that cosmetic work, plus the $198 for the yarn, and I've got the $17,698 sweater. It's either that or rip it, rip it, rip it. Thank you, Eileen, for sharing your story with us. You can find Eileen on Ravelry as Red's Knits, and I will include a link in the show notes to the picture of her $17,698 sweater on her Ravelry projects page. Okay, Never Not Knitting listeners, I need your help. I'm running out of stories to share on this podcast. I really think that the listeners' stories are such a crucial part of each episode, and I think that they're going to keep this podcast interesting and unique. So please help me out. If you have an interesting story to share, please just send me a story proposal. Go ahead and message me on Ravelry or send me an email at nevernotknitting at gmail.com and just give me a brief paragraph of what your story is about 
and I will get back to you and let you know if it's what I'm looking for for the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's it for episode 7. Just to remind everybody, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. There's also a Ravelry Never Not Knitting podcast listeners group that you can join if you'd like. And you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rubbing again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.